Welcome everyone to the Milky It Podcast, the podcast as always that tugs the tea to popular culture until it explodes all over your face. I'm David Davis. And I'm of constant sorrow. But still fairly cheerful, it's Boulamont. Here we are, it's episode 22. Can you imagine, listeners, episode 22? If I was a bingo caller, and let's face it, I'm about five years and a few bad career choices away, I'd refer as 22 to as two little ducks. But this, being the Milking It podcast, we'd call them Howard and Ed. Oh, oh not Ed the Duck again. <laughs> it's all in the editing. David, it's all in the editing. As usual, you make me look like a fool. But that doesn't matter because we're here to hold your hand and stroll gently down the path of geekiness as we see what happened in the week of geek right here. It's the Milking It podcast. I've got the As my good friend Booney just said, it's time to take a stroll through the week of Geek. It's this week's Geek News! Geek News! So, Booney, what has been happening in the world of geekdom while we've been away for the last seven days? Dave, it's been a bit of a quiet one, but... um. There's enough to keep the people entertained and for us to have a good old chit-chat. Mm. Um, firstly, first is something that you brought to my attention. And, um, and uh, something for the old-school fans and bridging the gap between old-school and new-school Marvel is the announcement that Lou Ferrigno is returning as the voice of the Incredible Hulk in Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. Yeah, this surprised me. And I, I'm, I'm going to sound like a complete idiot, but I, I know regular listeners, uh, you'll know this, new listeners start here. Um I'm not a big Marvel guy, so I don't really keep up on the, the information about the films. I enjoy them. The Last Avengers I thought was absolutely brilliant. I didn't realise that Lou Ferrigno has been involved in these films doing the voices of the Hulk. Obviously not the kind of you know uh, puny god lines and things like that, uh, but the sort of the growls and the grunts and the smashes and all that kind of stuff has been done by the guy who played the Incredible Hulk in the 70s. And uh, and since he's he's done the Incredible Hulk with the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk he did, he's done Avengers Assembly. And that kind of stuff. I think that's that's quite a cool little uh, Easter egg for fans. Hey, Blue Freak knows the only human who will ever be playing the Incredible Hulk because since then there has been no um, live action Hulk. It's all been CG or animatronics. So he is literally the ah. only person ever to play the Hulk. Wow. You okay. Know? There we go. He was actually he actually cameoed in one of them. Oh my god, my brain's not 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 kicking into gear just yet. He played a security guard in one of them, and I don't know that was, it was that was the, the Ed, that was the Ed Norton one. Oh no 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 no! You're right. It was it was the Avengers. It was the first Avengers. He he appears as a security guard. I'm sure it is. Yeah, he's sitting yeah. on a desk. Um, it, Lou Ferrigno, obviously uh, a, a legend, because uh, he was in one of my favourite uh, films of all time. Um, well, documentary, which we can discuss, Dave, which oh, is Pumping I Iron, yeah, the Arnold I... Schwarzenegger documentary, which you believe was put on. You believe I, um... I think it's. I think it's not a documentary. I think it's a docudrama. Because I don't, I, I don't believe that it's 100%. I think it's what they would now term as 
and I'm, I'm putting it in the same category as Total Divas, so I'm, I'm prepared to be shot down now. I think it's what they now refer to as scripted reality. Scripted reality, as in a mockument? No, a mockumentary is more parody, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a mockumentary. I don't want to think for a second that Pumping Iron was not genuine, because how Arnold Schwarzenegger? My God. If you forget the film actor Arnold Schwarzenegger, forget mm. the governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, you need to see Pumping Iron to see the real Arnie. The guy was a cocky bastard. He was he he was just um, he was the psychouts were incredible. He said to Lou Ferrigno's parents at, while having breakfast with them, like "Don't screw him up this time." Stuff like that. He was making fun of him being deaf. And um, and I would really like you now to insert the clip where Arnold compares mm. Pumping Iron to coming every day it's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is you know as uh, having sex with a woman and coming and so can you believe how much i am in heaven i'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym i'm getting the feeling of coming at home i'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when i pump up when i pose out in front of five thousand people i get the same feeling so i'm coming day and night i mean it's terrific right <laughs> so you know i'm in heaven Thank you, David. Yeah, that was um, certainly uh, educational. Thank you for making me search that one out on YouTube. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling of juicing. Um, but yes, the girly um, men. I, I digress. Mm. I, I, I would love to think that Pumping Iron was a real movie um, documentary as opposed to a work, but who knows? And I will, I will always be left with the image of Arnie smoking a fat spliff uh, and eating some chicken uh, after his victory. Um but back to Lou Ferrigno, yes. were you a fan of the old Incredible Hulk? I know you're not a Marvel guy, but let's, you know, this is classic TV now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was very much so. I, I think it, it was probably, as I'm sure it is for a, a lot of our listeners, um, that it was probably one of the first sort of superhero TV shows I remember watching. And it would have been on reruns when I was a kid. But um, yeah, and at the time, it seemed pretty amazing, that idea of this this huge, massive guy, you know, and all painted green and... We've said before, I'm a huge he. I was a huge He-Man fan growing up, um, which I think has coloured how I see my superheroes. You know how I see my my heroes in in life. They need to be big. It probably led to my obsession with professional wrestling and my inferiority complex about me being a skinny cutter. But I I genuinely I used to really enjoy it. And that, that music, that tearful Hulk music at the end, has uh, we've used it. Uh, <laughs> we've used it many times on the the uh, the Milk it podcast because it is one of those sort of iconic moments of uh, of Banner just walking away to uh, to go and do the next uh, the next episode. But yeah, um, I do uh, I do remember. It. I loved it. And so. I don't suppose do you, do you remember the the fact that that was also the first television appearance of a live action Thor, a uh, live action Daredevil, I believe. Um, really? oh, the okay. Death of the Incredible Hulk, and I'm not was the Death of the Incredible Hulk part of the TV series? Or was that a like a spin off movie or? I, I believe they're remember. all. I, I count them all under the same banner. Oh, um, okay. The Bruce the, banner. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. ah. <laughs> I'm green with envy that you nick my joke. Um, <laughs> I don't want to make you angry. Sorry. <laughs> you would like me when I'm angry. Um, no, but also one of the first appear- on-screen appearances of the I- of the original Iron Man. So I mean, they're, they're, the TV show is a little bit more important than people give it credit for. And um, mm. I, I think Lou Ferrigno did a great job. Uh, it's one of my earliest memories. Uh, one of the main things I remember is that awful hair um, <laughs> that he had. Oh, good Lord. Yes, that was dreadful, wasn't it? It's was kind of Dennis the Menace look about Sorry, it. Sorry, talking of hair, just quickly, I'd just like to give a massive shout-out to friend of the show, Corinne the Buck, who this week caused an international incident when he put up a poster of King jo- Kim Jong-un 
mm. with a post of, uh, in his uh, hair academy with bad hair day. It's been all over the news. Karim, we love you, buddy. Keep up the good work. Friend of the show, it's spreading the good word for the Milk It podcast by causing international incidents. That's what we want, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, to hear. At least now we've mentioned him, I would imagine that we've gained uh, a couple more listeners, uh, mainly uh, the uh, the spying <laughs> elements <laughs> of uh, North Korea, who will now be uh, pouring over every detail that we mentioned for the rest of the show. So, uh, hi, you guys. Hope you're okay. Um, hope you're not too ronery. Oh, God. see, we, we were doing so well without going down. Yeah, but that was very funny. Well yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was quite cool. Um, just like I said, I, I love every day being a school day. I like to learn something. And I learned today that Lou Ferrino was uh, involved in, in all those other sort of hulky moments, um, uh, which I think is really cool. I was, I was very, very impressed with that. Um, talking of movies uh, from back in the day and things that we loved in our childhood, I had the, the wonderful moment of realising that it is, and it was no joke, you might have seen this on the uh, the facebook.com forward slash milking it page, that uh, it was put up as being my favourite movie of all time. And I stand by that. Uh, it is definitely my favourite movie of all time. It's getting a sequel. Can you imagine it's getting a Home sequel? Home Alone 6? <laughs> if only it was that simple. <laughs> Home Alone 6, Electric Boogaloo. Um, no, it's um, it's uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, Mrs. Doubtfire. So when everyone, uh, very quickly Yay. to explain. Yes, shush you. Um, to explain why I love Mrs. Doubtfire, I uh, I saw it when I was, uh, I would have been 13, 12, 13, saw it at the cinema a couple of times, absolutely loved it. Funny, had pathos, loved it. And uh, when I went to uh, do media studies, everybody was into Pulp Fiction. Everyone was into clerks. They all wanted to write witty dialogue driven, ridiculous slacker comedies or like multiple layered narratives sweeping into each other with a great mise en scène and all this. I just wanted to write something as good as Mrs. Doubtfire because I, my, my ambition in life when I was 15, 16 was that I just wanted to write a really heartfelt family comedy, which is why I've ended up doing the Milking It podcast, which I think you'll agree is uh, only a small step away from that every week. But uh, no, interesting news. They've been trying to do it for years. Uh, they couldn't find the right story. Uh, they couldn't find the right uh, combination of actors to come back for it and do it. But uh, they have confirmed that Robin Williams well, is, is going to I know for a fact that Mara Wilson, the little girl from yep. the movie, who I must say has grown up into a very, in my opinion, a very nice looking young lady. And mm -hmm. she is a cracking comedy writer. Yes. She, writes yeah. crack, uh, she wrote an article the other day, uh, the other month on crack.com about um, about child actors and actresses she's a very funny lady highly recommend you check out some of the stuff by Mara Wilson she doesn't really act anymore and she has ruled herself out of Mrs Doubtfire 2 no uh, you know no no big loss Mara's um, you know an independent lady now she can get on with what she wants and um, I respect her decision it would have been, um, it would been quite else, nice to see her in the background of a scene or something there just as maybe, kind of but everyone else has played that they want to be in it and um, even you know, Pierce Brosnan uh, uh, hopefully <laughs> that would be amazing oh, I genuinely can't wait to see this film I'm very excited about this it's, it's up there as if they'd said right we're going to produce Batman and film it outside your house I'm very very excited about this Mrs Doubtfire 2 going to be absolutely brilliant I'm sure <laughs> can I just say uh, I just I just want to throw you know I love throwing in my little facts Dave of course um, did, did, um, I read the other day that um, when they were casting Mrs Doubtfire Robin Williams was not their first choice do you know who the first choice to play Mrs Doubtfire was oh hello no I don't the tall man himself Tim Allen <laughs> oh really 
He did. Uh, wow. He, and, he's, and he's often said that he regrets the decision to this day. Buzz Lightyear himself regrets the decision uh, to play Mrs. Doubtfire. That's insane. I can't imagine anyone other than Robin Williams doing that part. No, no, totally, totally. I, I, I can't imagine working with Robin Williams. I don't think we'd ever get, you know, myself, I'll ever get to that level. It would be fantastic if you, if it happened. But he's someone that I, I respect and yeah. really enjoy the few stand-ups that I've seen of Robin Williams, but I can imagine he'd be a pain to be around if he's that on all the time. I think, yeah, especially, um, I mean, he's he's said himself that he's had sort of his own demons, in, uh, if we refer to it in a Jake, Jake the Snake way. But um, yeah, he has said he's had demons in the past. And, his uh, demons, not the film Toys. Hey, come on. I love Toys. I think Toys is a great film. Really? No, I, I genuinely do, yeah. I think really? It's, yeah, I it's really... A very... It, who let come on let's talk to us who does that who is that film for because it's like kiddies but it's like really adult as well it is and that's why i don't know for me it worked i think what was it about sort of 1992 93 time uh, 93 yeah yeah and it, I, I always wanted one of those golf carts to go up and down the fake grass and i always wanted one of those magnetic deviled eggs <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I think it genuinely would. Start, I reckon I could watch that tonight and quite still quite enjoy it. I remember it having quite a sort of war gamesy feel to it, the sort of Matthew, Matthew Broderick um, uh, film. I don't really remember war games, but uh, I remember war games. Oh, okay, sorry, but I didn't. Also, I remember. Did you know that they made a sequel to that a few years ago? Like, sorry, oh, we're, dig- we're, we're, we're diverging off the path too far. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Dude. It's fine. No, go. On. Uh, no, War Games, um, yeah, they made a sequel a few years ago which had nothing to do with the original, but War Games is actually, I, I, I like that movie. That was in the same vein as, like, Daryl, if you remember that movie. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Here wow. We oh, take back. memories. I said, I said last week on the podcast that you need to have a paper and pen with you um, in a very sort of going live way. <laughs> Grab a paper and pen and write this down, but you really do. Uh, but we are, all these things we're talking about I'll include in the description and pop up on Facebook so you can uh, you can all get involved and uh, check these things out because I know I, I certainly shall. Um, shall we rattle yeah. on with some more movie news, sir? I was going to say, but Dave, the last thing I'll say is, um, mm. will Aerosmith be back to do the song Dude Looks Like a Lady Again? Do you know what? And again, this makes me sound very sad, but that that soundtrack actually introduced me to things like Aerosmith. Because I was never that kind of kid. I was the nerdy kid who was into rock and roll. Um, and I was listening to Gene Vincent and Eddie Cochran and people like that. And that You're talking proper rock and roll. You're like Buddy Holly type things. Yeah, you're not, yeah. You're not talking like hard rock. Like, I loved Aerosmith back in the day. Um, God, it was... Uh... It was that and um, it was that and Wayne's World. The soundtracks oh, for, well, for that and Wayne's World got me into those sort of things. Alice, it got me into Alice Cooper, which I, I hadn't any knowledge of Alice Cooper before Wayne's World. Um, and yeah, that got. I'm big Alice Cooper fan now. The Indians so. called it Milliwake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not worthy. Um, we're not worthy. You are worthy. Get up. Um, yes, it was. Ah, oh, Wayne's World. I'm, that's another one I'm going to have to write down and go and, and rewatch. And I'm not sure whether it'll stand up or not. But it, it, uh, it, I think I've actually mentioned this previously on the Milk and It podcast. I went back and watched um, Wayne's World one and two, hmm. and they are. Still enjoyable, but like the best thing about the Ways World series now for me hmm. um, is probably the, is the roadie from Wayne's World 2. Oh, what, the guy who's in with now and I? Yes, Dave, the man the, that's in with now and I. The Camberwell Carrot. <laughs> yes, uh, the Camberwell. <laughs> I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. 
But we got the M&Ms and Ozzy played a great show. <laughs> he is brilliant. And I, I wish I had his name in front of me because he is a cracking actor. He's appeared in so many things over the years. We will put this up on well. the Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash milking it. This is, this is tangent fest today, but that, it, it's very cool. Uh, even just remind me, I'm going to... Oh, I want it a Wayne's World and Wayne's World if they're available on Blu-ray I might have to invest and uh, relive my childhood yes because those are movies that will definitely benefit from a 1080p <laughs> upscaling what <laughs> I don't know they might do I just think if you're going to if I'm going to buy them now I may as well get them in the hey, format Lynn, of the a picture. sphinxter says what what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you want me to say you want me to say what is that it this has all gone very tits and by tits i'm referring to uh of course a totally insane tape show with boulamont and dino peppers episode five a wrestle fest coming up next week look for that kids can't wait dude that's going to be absolutely brilliant um yeah check it out there's uh, there's links on our facebook page uh which you can you can follow and uh, obviously as always follow us on twitter at tiktok uh so movie news continued the next bit of news i saw um i did post it we, we have said by the way milksters that um this is not going to be a wrestling heavy episode Oh. Uh, because that's what we supplied last time uh, we we didn't mention it in the main show but there was a mini milk there's a mini milk out there if you want to listen to our Wrestlemania thoughts uh, and, and our comments on what happened across the Wrestlemania weekend um, but one of the little things that came up in terms of movie news for me was the announcement of the well the trailer has been released for a documentary I'm a big documentary fan not docudrama like Pumping Iron, but a documentary. If it's a proper documentary, I'm, I'm, I'm really. <laughs> no, 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 we're both huge, both huge documentary fans, and there's actually yeah. a couple I want to mention in a minute that are coming up that I really can't wait to see. So ah, sweet. Okay, so first I'll mention the Iron Sheik documentary. If anyone absolutely, is, if anyone knows anything about wrestling, they will know who the Iron Sheik is. If anyone follows crazy people on Twitter, you will know who the Iron Sheik is because his tweets are up there with the greatest of all time. He he doesn't hold back. Uh, his interviews are legendary. His Hall of Fame induction a few years back was just insane. Um, yeah, so the, the, the documentary itself looks like it's, it's a proper sort of chart across his career and what he's done and what he's achieved in terms of professional wrestling, but also deals with some of the problems that he's had. Uh, it, it's well understood that, again, to use the Jake Snake Roberts uh, uh, thing, he has had his demons. I think it's uh, uh, well known. He, he does enjoy his medicine. Oh, with the Iron Sheik, absolutely. Um, but again, a lot of people in the know tell mm. me that the Iron Sheik, is, it, it's a work. It's um, its a way to, to kind of be back. It, it, it started with a shoot interview a few years ago where he basically was just like, fuck this guy, fuck that guy. Mm. This guy's an asshole. I, I could be up this guy. And um, people responded to it so strongly that it kind of t- made him a name again overnight. And I know that he's had kind of shows meet and greets in the UK over here. I know that he goes to all the conventions in America. Um, I love the Iron Sheik, and not just because of the character, um, but, I mean, the the guy is actually a legend. Um, Some of the older videos of him, I can't... The name of the items escapes me, but they're they're those big clubs that you do the... The the Persian clubs. Persian clubs, thank you. All of that stuff is classic wrestling gump from back in the day and um, mm. I mean I love I love 
the Sheik. Sheiky Baby, your number one with the Bully. Sheiky Baby, number one. And when that comes out on May the 9th, there will be, uh, sorry, May the 31st, uh, there will be a review right here on the Milking Podcast because I genuinely can't wait to, to to watch that documentary. So what what other ones are on the horizon, Bully, that I need to look out for? Well, I, I totally flip. Um, this is this is sci-fi related. Dave, are you a fan of Dune at all? Frank Herbert's novels? Uh... I remember the film I never read the novels but I remember the film and I remember a very dodgy Amiga game I think that came out uh, to do with June but, uh, well it wasn't sorry the film was in like a third person perspective it was like all interior monologue thing going on during the film I can't remember it, exactly. it was very it was peculiar very, because yeah. it is a kind of airy fairy movie but um, there is a documentary <laughs> coming fairy. out. Very fairy, yeah. This is why that. Boo reviews movies every week because he has the command of the English language like that. Ab- absolutely. Um, <laughs> bon. um, but uh, many years ago, before the David Lynch version came out, the uh, director Alejandro Jodorowsky, mm. if you know him from El Topo and the Holy Mountain, uh, was set to make a version of Dune uh, starring Salvador Dali. Oh, um, Jesus Christ, that would be amazing. But unfortunately, it never came to light. But there is a new documentary about uh, the making and the planning behind this film uh, with interviews with such people as H.R. Giga, um, and just loads of people that had that were there. Um, thoroughly interesting to me. I don't know if it's massive milking material, but I'm really looking forward to the documentary called Jodorowsky's June. Mate, um, I would love to... Anything that involves the names Dali and Geiger, I'm there, mate. That's that's absolutely. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a big 100%. fan of Geiger's work, even though on the odd occasion, you know, you yeah. are like, I've seen enough penises and vaginas now, and, and... I've never, I've never said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yes, that's that's two completely contrasting documentaries coming out. That's uh, Jodorowsky's Dune, and of course, Iron Sheik the movie. Absolutely, it sounds very very interesting. Another little bit of uh, movie news is, uh, and this is going to probably again uh, condemn me amongst uh, the milksters because they are working on a brand new Flash Gordon movie, and I have to confess, I have never seen the seventies original. Gordon's alive. Indeed, I, I, know, I, I know the soundtrack, but I don't know the film. Is this? Is this, I don't really know the character Flash Gordon, other than from the um, the cartoon series that Defenders, Defenders of the Earth. Of there the we go, Earth. Defenders. Oh. Drake yes. the Magician, Master of um, Magic, Spells and Illusion. Out of the sky, his rockets ignite. Gets into battle like faster than light. Flash Gordon, Lord of the Jungle, the hero who starts. The beat call him brother. Master of magic spells and illusion Enemies crumble in fear and confusion And drink Defenders of the Earth Defending the Earth Defenders of the Earth Defenders Yes Anyway The ghost who walks etc Ghost who walks The phantom Wasn't that a Ben Affleck film? Billy Zane mate Shit! I've just bullied it. <laughs> and you're keeping it in. <laughs> Was that no, really Billy? Yes, oh, Dave, wow. if you obviously I know you're aware of the fa- uh, the the soundtrack to the original seventies version, which is of course uh, Queen dum, 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 and the dum, dum, awesome dum, dum, Flash. Dum, 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 ah, yes. 
He'll save every one of us. He'll save every one of us. I do. Yeah, yes. I, I that was very dark. Mm. However, they made a new series a few years ago. I believe it was Sci-Fi Channel did a kind of updated Flash Gordon that went one or two series, and oh. I never saw it. I heard it was fairly uh, fairly decent. Um, I love the character Flash Gordon. I think Ming the Merciless is one of the classic villains, and um, I really, really like the idea of a new Flash Gordon. However, what I don't want them to do mm. is Batman it up. Um, I don't want I don't want a Nolan version of Flash Gordon. I want a campy <laughs> kids seventy s version. Um, I want <laughs> Brian Blessed with wings and a helmet. Do it, man. Do it. Gordon's alive! Fair enough. Sounds good to me. Um, talking of Batman, there has been a little bit of Batman movie news. What? Batman? I on know. the Milking It podcast? Can, Can you, you imagine? Not? Batman? Can you imagine? Um, there has been some Batman news, um, so it's only right as a geeky podcast that to, to, we, we cover it. Uh, um, the first of which I would mention is that uh, they have released a brand new, and I know you're a big fan of these uh, things, is the um, the animated universe of DC has spewed forth the latest Batman animated uh, short, well not short, sorry, animated feature, um, with The Son of Batman. Have you had a chance to catch up with The Son of Batman, Mbouli? Dave, it only got released a couple of days ago, and unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity yet cool. to grab a copy. Um, is, uh, right, let me just try and get my facts right. It's Damien Wayne. It is, yes. The son it's of the... Uh, Bruce Wayne and Talia Ghul. Talia Ghul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a creation by, as far as I know, Grant Morrison in the comic, okay. in the, in the comic book universe. Yes. Well, Damien's got, obviously got some great lineage there. Mm. Um, he is Grass Al Ghul's grandson. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I God, I'm going to sound terrible now. I have not read any of the Damien Wayne stories. I've not. I'm not. <laughs> I think it's been mentioned on the Milk and It podcast before. Yes, I'm yeah, definitely yeah. a Marvel guy, but I love yeah. Batman. Every, who doesn't love Batman? Um, I cannot stand Superman. Batman is my guy. Um, That's fair enough. But I just, I've not followed any of the Damien Wayne stories. So for me, when I watch this in a few days, when I when I've got the dollar dolly old to grab a copy of uh, Son of Batman, of course. This is going to be my first exposure to Damien Wayne. And um, as far as I'm aware, he takes over the Batman mantle. Is that right? Uh, the idea is that, well, he becomes um, Robin. That's, yeah. that's the idea, basically. Um, okay. So Ra's Ghul, within this story, the way they've done it, is um, you've got the... He's in his early teens, so he's sort of 10, 11, 12, I think think as far as i know um he's been raised by raza ghoul like secretly by raza ghoul and the league of assassins so batman isn't aware that he has a son until he's introduced to this kid who's already grown up he's already trained he's a killer he is trained up to the the uh, sort of the standards of the league of assassins which as we know have been introduced to batman uh, sort of franchises earlier in the films and stuff um the league of shadows day no, no, thinking, no. You're thinking, thinking of yeah. League of Assassins Sorry, is the one that's that's ruled by Razagul. Um, so Razagul uh, apparently dies uh, in a battle. And spoiler alert: uh, he has a battle with Booney's favourite, Deathstroke. I'm really sorry to correct you. It is the League of Shadows, um, but in Batman Begins, so we're both right. Okay, well, in in terms of this and the New Fifty Two universe that we're existing in at this moment. Um, in in this animated feature that you haven't watched and I have right? I'm just making sure that the milkers know that we're both on the level okay well in, in the comic books it's the League of Assassins 
Yes, 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 no, totally. And there was me just complaining that I didn't want Nolan verse um, remakes, and then I'm like, no, but it's a League of Shadows. It's a League of Shadows, son. It's a League of Shadows, you know? You're all wrong. You're all wrong. Shut your mouth. Raish Ghoul. Raish What name is that? Raish. Um, so, Raish. So, uh, Razagul uh, apparently dies. He's in a battle with Deathstroke. We've mentioned him many times. My man. Yeah, so your man makes Slade a... Wilson. Slade Wilson makes a, an appearance uh, within uh, the son of Batman. Uh, Batman then needs to work with his son that he didn't even know existed. Uh, needs to stop his son from <laughs> taking revenge and guide him down the righteous path, as they say. Um, so, yeah, so it's basically all about the dynamic between the son of Batman and Batman. With the, uh, Obviously, the son of Batman wants to go out there, Damian Wayne. Damian being, obviously, the clue in his name as to uh, what sort of character he is. Um, he's a little bit of a devil. Um, and whether he's going to go out and j- j- just try and destroy Deathstroke or whether Batman can get him to capture Deathstroke and uh, just imprison him, obviously, in the Arkham Asylum and things like that. So, yes, it's I, uh, very, very good. I, I'm looking forward to you watching it. When you watch it, we'll have a bit more of a discussion about it. But Absolutely. But let's, let, let's make a tentative date for the next episode of the Milk and It podcast for a little review on the son of Batman. Absolutely. So uh, I'll look forward to us talking about that and what you think of Killer Croc and it's Killer Croc's very interesting in that particular oh cool cool yeah. i love it i like the character killer croc i think the arkham series made him um genuinely a lot i think the arkham game series made killer croc look really cool whereas the cartoon the animated 90s um mm. 90s series yeah not so much but um, i love the character killer croc I've, I've been a big fan of killer croc as a, as a villain in the batman universe and i'm really looking forward to seeing him as a bit more of a menacing beast in son of batman Interesting that you talk about the Arkham universe because they have, as you've announced, uh, well, you didn't announce it, obviously, you do no, prof- no professional capacity, but you did mention uh, a few episodes ago that they were going to do... Um, New episodes, last, bloody hell, it was lo- a long time last year, it was when they first announced it, we're talking, God, a good 12 episodes ago, um, Wow. when we mentioned Assault on Arkham. Mm, and they finally released a trailer this week. Uh, which... Doesn't it look awesome? <sighs> yes and no. <laughs> David, Uh, explain yourself. Okay, I will say yes, because it's kind of based around the new 52 Suicide Squad, and anything that involves Harley Quinn in a kick-ass mode, I will watch until the end of time, because I'm a big fan of the Harley Quinn character. Really? Shut Uh, shut up, you. No, no, we've had this chat as well. I I much prefer the Paul Dini version of Harley Quinn. I like my Harley Quinn... I like the. I, I don't like the continual sexualization of, of, of those kind of characters. Well, then you're, you're in the wrong genre. It's comic books, kid. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, it's, hey, hey, hey. hey <laughs> um, I love the character Harlequin. Yeah. Um, and and um, yeah, I, I'm not so much into this kind of sexy Harley. I, I prefer her being the the full lass to the Joker. And, and the other thing, sorry, I don't know whether I've mentioned this before, but this did make me laugh. It may or may not be true. Um, you know how in the, the the Arkham game she moves very sexily and she's got a really nice little hip wiggle and the way she walks is very sexy, yeah? Of course, yes, yeah. So all those fanboys are like, <laughs> no, beating their meat as a nice treat uh, to the movements of Harley <laughs> Jesus Quinn. Christ. All okay. of her movements have been motion captured by a small Japanese man. <laughs> Oh, that makes me very happy. Um, <laughs> that's genius. 
but yes, so going back to it, so yeah, they've announced this idea of uh, Batman Assault on Arkham. The trailer for it, um, it does, it, it, it's taking the characters from the Arkham universe, as we've said, but doesn't necessarily follow canon to the games. It's just going along those lines. So the Joker is back. And he's not voiced by either Mark Hamill or the dude who did it with Arkham Origins. It's someone yet again doing a dreadful fucking impression of Mark Hamill. Uh, because, as he said, he's not interested in doing any more voiceover work for them. Uh, Kevin Conroy's back as Batman, which is cool. Uh, we get some really cool little shots of like Captain Boomerang, King Sharks in there, Harley Quinn, as we've said, Cheetah and those sort of people. So it looks... Uh, like a very different Batman animated movie and will hopefully get people on board in terms of the Suicide Squad. Um, I don't know much about Suicide Squad outside the New 52, so I don't know much about the sort of Silver Age and Golden Age of them um, as in terms of sort of Deadshot being involved going back long, long ago. But uh, no, it looks it looks really interesting. It looks it definitely something I'll sit down and watch. No, absolutely. Um, 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 again, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there's so many new Batman animated stuff coming out at the moment including Dave for the 75th anniversary and I yes. know you've seen it yep. and I know you've, I know we've both watched it um, one was more interesting to me than it was to you um, because I was a massive fan of the Batman Beyond or as they call it in other countries Batman of the Future mm. um, characters and um, lo and behold we got three and a half minutes of awesomeness the other day on the internet and that was the short from Batman Beyond I did, I did, as they say, mark out for um, the ending of that short. I must admit, that was that was I beautiful. Totally marked it. I watched it a couple of times. I had to pause it to watch, and I wanted to see who all the Batman were. Uh, there was animated series one there. There was mm. uh, just so many different ones. Definitely worth checking out. Absolutely, uh, there's some really good stuff uh, around for the the seventy fifth. Uh, anniversary of Batman definitely uh, a year to be a Batman fan and uh, we'll obviously be keeping you informed across the board here on the Milky Podcast uh, did you happen to hear or read anything about the round table they did the other day which happened to have Mr Kevin Smith on the the legend board. Kevin Smith yes I did uh, yeah I, I saw one some of our spiritual leaders mm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to something popping up online maybe if someone has recorded that or if it's uh, going to be released maybe by DC but that looked very cool. They'd pretty much got everyone important from modern day Batman sat on that panel. Um, and all people that have, uh, I mean, I've mentioned the podcast before, but if you, if you are a Batman fan, then fat man on Batman is the place to go. Cause every week he's with someone different and it's, it's always a really good interview, really in depth about the sort of the, the Batman world and how it's uh, influenced people's lives and careers and how they got involved in it all. But uh, yeah, it, it genuinely looked like a very interesting panel. Um, sorry, but then tentative link there, Dave. Kevin Smith. Um, I believe that something big is happening on May the 6th, a return of two of my oldest companions and friends in the movie world. And that is Jay and Silent Bob are back with a super groovy adventure. Indeed. Uh, we mentioned it briefly uh, in the last episode, but uh, it's worth confirming that uh, yet yeah, they've announced uh, a, a, a launch trailer has gone online and they have said that the Jay and Silent Bob Super Groovy Cartoon movie is going live on May the 6th. So you can pre-order that now. I would genuinely check out the trailer. It's very, very funny. Absolutely filthy. And it comes with a recommendation from both of us here on the Milking It podcast. <laughs> Oh, well, well, um, well, I'm flattered. But, oh, Dave, sorry. I've just received a really weird letter from Jay, hmm. kind of de declaring his love for me. What? I mean, I, 
but but the weirdest part of all is at the end he signed it to Cynthia. Wait a minute, it's this week's backstory bollocks. Dearest Cynthia, I noticed you a few years ago. You were working hard as ever on the checkout at Tesco. I had seen you a couple of times in WH Smith too, but mainly just Tesco. Most people wouldn't give you a second look. Some people actually try to actively avoid you, but not I. Never I. You started working there a few months before Katie, the world's laziest transvestite, finished. She must have seen the beauty of your female form and realised hers was an impossible dream. Particularly if you're a stocky six-footer and all you're going to really do is grow your hair slightly longer and put on a little bit of blush. But I digress. I know I should be hard at work, typing up and discussing fictional characters from the worlds of computer games and nerd cinema, and here I am, writing forlorn, unrequited love letters to you, my princess, my duchess, my life. I need to tell you how I feel. Firstly, how beautiful you are to me. Your pristine alabaster skin, as white and as clean and as perfect as a toilet bowl that isn't in my house, if I'm perfectly honest. There's a big ring of shit around the outside. Disgusting. Your slender, ageless figure paired with a minimum fuss, maximum beauty, flowing brunette ponytail. Like a dressed-down version of a current-generation Lara Croft, but like in 20 years or something. Perhaps Lara is on her way home from Pilates, or after running an elk through with a spear because it stood in the way of a Mayan diamond-encrusted goblet or something. That jaunty pose that teases me to look over your shoulder as you place food seductively in the bags, giving me a misogynistic lecher's eye view of your ample and fulsome sweater meat. For I love you, Cynthia, with all of my heart, though we have never spoken. We're both too shy, I think. I've called you Cynthia because I don't know your name. I've asked the other assistants, but they don't know your name either. Or even if you've got a name at all. Oh, Cynthia, I visit you every day now, and when old people shout at you, I get angry. But you're so calm. You're simply politely asking them if they're using their own bags. It's a simple enough question. Well, I'm going to defend you, my love, against those grey-haired weasels. It has been said that I make sweeping generalisations about people. Good, I'm glad I got that across to people. Well, here is another. Old people hate computers. Yes, all of them. To a man, all of them. Forever whinging about the inflammation superbyway and how all those computators and sunny Nintendo games are ruining our youth and turning them into pale, ricket-legged stab monsters. Because, you know, the Daily Mail said it and that. Things were better when they were children, you see. They could go out until it went dark and not get raped by kiddie fiddlers hyped up by child porn that is on every single winter web page. They could leave their front door open and everything, which has nothing to do with them not having anything worth nicking apart from a bloody big piano. Or the fact there's nothing left of the back of the house because the Germans blew up last week. A visit to a cash machine brings these septuagenarians into a sweat that would lubricate a lady elephant's fun-time organs, with each hard, concentrated button push taking up to 15 seconds or more. A duel of wits on par with Kasparov versus Deep Blue. 
but this encounter with a technological menace is just the mid-level boss to these grey-pubed Garibaldi quaffing monsters. They really struggle against their main nemesis, the self-service checkout, and they shout at you about it. Wonderful you, how could anyone ever get upset by you, dear Cynthia? You make the self-service tills malarkey look so simple. You never try to attract the izzard-haired middle-aged lady assistants that waddle around frantically tapping the touch-sensitive screen and squawking out complaints and apologising about this burgeoning technology. You do this transaction incident-free, with noticeably less frames of animation than I do. You are perfect. I know you feel the same way, the way you run through your three or so second-long animated subroutines. I know that says that you love me. I'm sure we've never made eye contact. I'm not actually sure you have eyes, actually, but there's real affection in the way you walk so assuredly towards that machine. I know we can never be united. I know it can never work between a man and the graphical representation of a lady on a Tesco self-service machine. Trapped as you are in a weird, wallless universe, where the only objects are a self-service machine, your groceries and about 16 floor tiles. Where you go after shopping, where you pick up these groceries from, it's all a wonderful mystery. You're so enigmatic. I hope you aren't where I think you are. No, not hell or limbo or any other religious bunkum like that. I hope you're not trapped in that virtual reality game from the early 90s. The one that you had to run the gamut of pterodactyls without puking all over the expensive soon-to-be late 20th century curio piece. If a dactyl dares touch a hair on your head, lady, I am calling that meteorite and giving it direct instructions to Earth so it's a million years earlier. So yes, my dear, I fear we are a doomed romance. Pretty much, actually, like it was with that WWE AJ Lee action figure I had last year. Although we at least consummated that relationship. Thank God I tied that string around her ankle. God. And sort of a bit like the romance I had with Kira Knightley, who lovingly still sends me letters via her solicitor. And it's bad. I talk about you all the time to my friends. I must sound like one of those rubbish comedians who point things out, like Michael McIntyre or Peter Kay. As in this postmodern world, rubbish comedians will either talk about car GPS navigation systems or self-service checkouts and nothing else. No, there isn't an unexpected item in the bagging area. Why I order? Oh, such larks. And I know it's foolish. I know we can never be. Especially after that security guard threw me out for trying to slip you the D via your coin return slot. Yours, J. P.S. I hope this didn't creep you out in any way. P.P.S. I must remember not to mix this audio file up with the backstory bollocks one I did for the Milking It podcast. P.P.P.S. Is there a rule 34 of you and the wee fit girl going at it with a strap on? Hello Milksters, your old pal and friend of the show Mossman here off of 80's classic cartoon Masters of the Universe. As you can imagine, I've had a lot of time on my hands since that cartoon finished and I've been aching to hear some quality geeky podcast that rounds up all the news in a nice tight package. 
Only thing is, we don't have iPhones. Oh, not after old King Randor fell out with Steve Jobs back in 92. Well, imagine my delight that now the Milk and Get podcast is available on Stitcher for Android users like myself. Stitcher.com has all the information. Oh, I can't wait to tell Fisto he'll be well made up. In a world gone mad, in a world where nothing makes sense, two loose cannons on the edge, willing to do anything to get the job done. Eno Peppers and Gulamar. A totally insane tape show. Get your tits out! Alright people, this is your mate Stell, host of the great football podcast known as Shoot the Defence. Join me, John, Andy, Mike, Stuffy, and whoever else can be bothered to appear every Thursday night at 10.30pm. Mixler.com forward slash shoot the defence. We're informative, opinionated, sometimes controversial, and have one or two face palm moments. I have a dream. <laughs> Mr. Malcolm We're on iTunes, Stitcher, ah, and we have our own website, shootthedefence.com. Shoot the defence. Play on. Hello, uh, pretend Cockney TV presenter Russell Brand here, Dinkle, Ballbag, etc. When I'm not trying to start a faux revolution or get my end away, Corblimey, I like to visit facebook.com forward slash milking it. It's full of geeky goodness, ain't it? Sighting, if anything. Dinkle, tight trousers, etc. Re- revolution? Anyone? Uh, so, moving on with uh, a little bit of uh, TV news this week. So, we've, we've conquered the movie world, and uh, now we're moving on to discuss some of the little bits of uh, TV stuff. One of the ones that will stand out for both myself and uh, former guest and friend of the show, Johnny Bailey, um, is that the remaining episodes of uh, Beware the Batman. We discussed the cartoon uh, when he was on the show a few episodes ago uh, and they have said that they are going to continue and deliver the final ones. However, it's not going to be on the Cartoon Network in the way that it was before. It's going to be broadcast as part of uh, something I know that Boo's a big fan of, the Adult Swim programming. Ooh, and I love me a bit of Adult Swim, Dave. And um, last week we spoke about the Robot Chicken DC special. So these guys, this channel, Adult Swim, they know their comic books. They appreciate the comic book genre. So um, what a a great home for the last uh, half of the series of Where the Batman yeah, definitely. I mean, they've shown 11 episodes so far, and at least because we knew the episodes had been made because you know, various people who were involved in making it had, had made those comments. So it's good to hear that they are going to get aired. It sounds as if from because I'm, I'm I don't know Adult Swim world. I know it's your kind of uh, your kind of world that um, it, it sounds as if it's, it's a much better sort of slot for them to go into. It, it sounds like that might find some extra sort of viewers that they wouldn't have had normally. Um, I would encourage anyone who hasn't had chance to see Beware the Batman to give it a go. It's it's hard work if all you know is the traditional Batman world. If you're aware of the Grant Morrison stuff, as we've mentioned before, then you, you'll slip into it very, very easily. Um, it's very stylized. It, it's very cool sort of CG animation to it. Um, there's there's a good number of episodes left. There's ten episodes left, as far as I know. Uh, no, sorry, fourteen episodes left because it's up to episode twenty six. So twelve to twenty six will uh, start airing from July the twenty seventh. Um, unfortunately, 
the uh, the time that it's going to be shown in the states is at three o'clock in the morning. So it's not exactly prime time. Wow, I did not know. But that is Adult Swim is the is uh, the domain of the night. Um, a lot of the best shows get shown after the midnight hour. And to be honest, with a lot of us comic book fans, creative types, and uh, geeks in general. Um, we are children of the night, so three o'clock for us is like two o'clock in the afternoon for everyone else. I think so, yeah. I, I, and it's one of those things that you you would DVR, um, you know, or you, you you'll download off iTunes afterwards or whatever. So it it's not going to lose out on anything. But uh, yeah, so July the twenty seventh, Beware the Batman Returns. Yet to find a way of them showing it in the UK. So. Um, there's ways and means, Milksters. There's ways and means. There is ways and means. And also just uh, for the UK Milksters, if you haven't seen the first series of Beware the Batman, they are now currently showing on what used to be Love Film, which is now Amazon Prime Amazon. Video. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can catch the first, was it 14, did you say, or 12 episodes? Uh, first 11 episodes. First 11 episodes. <laughs> no, uh, first 11 episodes uh, are available Thanks for paying now attention. Yeah, I... It's your voice, Dave. Um... <laughs> Um, okay, moving on from uh, from bats to mm. bricks, um, mm. there will be, as previously mentioned on the Milking It podcast, a Lego orientated episode of The Simpsons. That has been announced that they will be playing that on May the fifth. Yeah, the episode is titled "Brick Like Me." It does look very cool. They've only released one picture from the official thing, but it's um, it reminded me of. Uh, do you remember the episode that they did uh, where at the end of it? Homer goes into a 3D world and he goes into like the real world and he's 3D. We're talking about the absolutely classic Halloween episode um, where they go through the wormhole behind behind the, in the wall. Yes, and yeah. And he ends up in the 3D world. Absolutely fantastic. Ends erotic up, cakes. Uh, erotic cakes, David. There you go. Call the punchline <laughs> dead, why don't oh, you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but that's fine. That's fine. No, um, that episode is as an all-time classic. So, yeah, it's going to be very reminiscent of that. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so then not too much information on it at the moment, but um, I mean, th- this year for animation is gearing up to be fantastic. We've also still got the um, the official Simpsons Futurama crossover to look forward to, and the Lego episode. I mean, thank you, thank the gods of animation uh, for this top notch TV. And I just want to mention quickly while we're talking on TV, hmm. um, I just want to congratulate once again Rick and Morty for reaching the end of season one. You have raised the bar. Um, my friends, what a fantastic first season. Probably one of the best first seasons of any show I've ever seen. The good news is it has, of course, been renewed for a second season. Oh, okay. And again, Milksters, if you haven't by now taken my recommendation, um, you're obviously not listening. Get hold of Rick and Morty. <coughs> it's available on YouTube and check it out now. I will definitely, definitely do that, I promise. Uh, I mean, you haven't yet, Dave? I haven't. You know, there's so many things to watch. There's so much stuff. I've now got another, like, 12 episodes of Beware the Batman to try and get through and, and enjoy. Uh, I haven't got got through to it. But uh, I was listening to uh, you talking about it with um, with Dino on the uh, the Tits podcast, the totally insane tape show available on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and it, it, your enthusiasm... It gets me interested. I shall definitely give that a go. And, and one more thing on a personal level, David, is um, am I to understand that no matter how many links I send you, you've still not watched The Venture Bros? <laughs> don't laugh. No, 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 you don't laugh. <laughs> the greatest. Rick and Morty may be one of the quirkiest of all time, but for actual decent storyline arcs for characters, The Venture Brothers is still the top animated show of all time. And I, I, I again, season two is finally on European Netflix. Uh, for the love of God and all that is holy, Watch series one and two. I will. Okay. I, okay. Change. Between now and next week when we record, I will at the very least have watched one episode. 
I want you to watch an episode. I want you to honestly tell me what you think. And just remember that it is an ongoing story. So every episode is self-contained, but there is an over going overflowing story arc and i mean it's the most rewarding show i've ever watched where if you've seen every episode there is a nod to everything previous in other episodes that all make sense god i love that show thank you but but for venture bros okay i will definitely definitely give that a go um the only other thing i had um in terms of tv news this week and to be fair as he says adjusting his squeaky chair um it's not really on tv um and uh, again, we've said we're not going to talk wrestling too much this week because we did overindulge on wrestling the past couple of episodes. Uh, but it's a, a, a series that's been in development for about two years, I think. Um, I understand it. It's been two years since they started filming. Mm. Yes. And luckily, no one's died in the interim. Yeah, thank God. They must have had them on some ironclad contract to stop dicking around with the stuff they used to. Um, but they must be so grateful that they don't have to put up a in memory of before each episode. Sorry, it's in your contract. You cannot die. Don't die, damn it. It shows a sign of weakness. Um, so there was a great uh, a great story, which uh, I'll, I'll tell you off, off air. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, so uh, the thing I'm talking about is on the WWE Network, which is a thing that I've spoken about having got hold of, um, and is so far proving possibly the best value for money uh, that I've ever had. Because I, I, having the pay-per-views and having all the access to the, the old pay-per-views and loads of, sort of stock footage, the Legends round tables that are all on there now, they've pretty much put all of them up there other than sort of the early ones or the ones that involve people that might have shot themselves in the face that they don't want to show them on the network um so the 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 program that i'm talking about is a a reality tv show that they did before divas you might be uh, aware of total divas which is a a reality tv show or docudrama as we were talking about earlier (laughs) scripted reality um that they're doing on the e-network which has proved very successful Uh, ratings are dropping off for this season i understand so it's maybe losing a little bit of its uh, interest but um all in all proving very successful very cool for getting those those girls out there and uh, getting their names known and bringing a different audience towards the, the product but this is called Legends House um, the concept being slightly big brother if you let people leave the house so they set them tasks and get them to do stuff and everything else so the first show uh, finally aired like we say after two years of them developing it last week last Thursday night there's another one tomorrow uh, when we're recording um, I watched it I know Boo hasn't ch- had a chance to watch it but has probably read a few bits and pieces uh, I, I've definitely read a few bits and pieces mm. about it and uh, I, I've seen um, I, I was fortunate to see various trailers and bits of clips uh, over the last few weeks it's a very, very interesting program. Um, I'm very aware, both as someone who's watched a number of sort of reality TV programs and scripted reality programs and stuff, but also someone who approaches it from having done a media degree and understands the the beauty of editing and uh, how you can present people in certain ways, as I do every week with you, Ed the Duck, and it's all in the editing it it literally is all in the editing uh, it comes across so the idea is there's there's, um, this group of uh, quote unquote legends so you've got um, let me try and remember this off the top of my head I don't have it pulled up in front of me I will give you a hand because I've got I've got various uh, okay so um, Hillbilly Jim absolutely Tony Atlas Pat Patterson Rowdy Roddy Piper Howard Finkel Jimmy Hart Mean Gene Oakland that's the ones. 
That's all, that's everyone, right? Okay. That is everyone. Okay, so um, they're all paired up. They're, it's two to a room. Um, it's very, very scripted, um, but there's also elements in it where you just think, okay, you're actually a little bit mental. Uh, which is which for a, a, a reality show is good, obviously. But, but when you're thinking about these guys' mental health, it's not particularly good. Um, there's a point, and this is a side note, and I, I might not include this. I might, I might edit this out. But um, so Piper and Hacksaw share a room, and there's a big thing where um, Hacksaw's going, "Oh yeah, me and Piper, we didn't, we don't really know each other. We used to know each other back in the day, but we don't really hang out. We don't really do anything together, and we, I've not really known what he's been doing since like he left and blah blah blah." Right, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a guest on pretty much every one of Piper's podcasts over two years ago. So Piper did probably about 20 podcasts for a company before he fell out with them. And pretty much every week, Hacksaw was on there as, here's my friend Hacksaw. Blah, 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 blah. So it that kind of took me out You're of calling the... shenanigans already, Dave. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know. I think because they've probably learnt a lot while they were filming that in the sense that 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 was their first thing they did before Total Divas so I think you did say that it's been filmed two years ago and you did say the podcast worked two years ago so do you not think this is something that could have been done during the like during that part no I I, I think it it was very much a a thing of they no it's probably over two years ago to be fair it's I don't know. I'm, I'm, time scale wise, I'm not 100 percent on it. But... Basically, what you're saying is that you, you're calling shenanigans. You know that yes. Hacksaw knew. Roy I know Hacksaw and, and Piper are really good mates. Okay. I, I know that they, you know, I, I know Piper's the loner and everything else. Um, I also question how Piper falls into that category, unfortunately. And again, without speaking ill of anyone, uh, Piper falls into that category of wrestlers who remember something that didn't quite happen how it did. You don't have to pre-include this in the main podcast, but I was well aware of the Twitter war between Kevin Nash Mm. and Roddy Roddy Piper that that erupted all over Twitter this week, um, where the 123 kid had to step in and uh, (laughs) our friend, uh, friend of the hospital, um, <laughs> Sean Mottman, yeah, absolutely. Um, had to say, look, I love Roddy Piper, but he's he's wrong. And uh, Kevin Nash, um, you, you're too old to be arguing like that over Twitter. And but I just think I don't think I don't even think it's an age thing. I think it's it's a professional thing. It's like because it, to me, the the moment I read. Because Kevin Nash used some really, really awful language towards Piper. Be, be yeah. honest, he called Roddy Piper. A there we go, completely a, a word which I beep out he every li- time that we use it. Literally, he called him a. Yeah, he called him out and called him a on Twitter. And to me, that's not the way you deal with that sort of thing. And I don't know whether they realise that it's like they're not backstage anymore. They're not. It's not just them firing messages between beepers and you know texting each other. You, Twitter is a text message that you send to the world, Absolutely. and you have thousands of people reading that. And okay, if you have a problem with somebody, the answer is not to go on Twitter and go, "What you're a," cunt. it's it's pick up the phone and speak to him, and which he did like several hours later. 
he picked up the phone and rang him and they had a conversation apparently they ironed it out and they remembered it differently and everything but you just think there's a point where you you as a professional athlete and as a brand which is what they are now it's like they're not in the wrestling business they're in the kevin nash business they're in the roddy piper business they're selling that person you know, um, david shocks me because you know more you know more about how to act in the professional wrestling business than actually than some professional wrestlers it's you're absolutely right but you we, are your brand you are your own business you sell yourself and obviously if you've got to if you're bickering you, you're going to look like a bitch completely neither of them came off well from that at all it's like, okay, that's fine. If someone goes and does a shoot interview or they do a podcast or whatever and they say something that isn't right, then feel free to correct them, but correct them in private. And if you then need to go on their show and say it and they admit it and go, oh, I'm really sorry. And everything, and that it's like, well, I understand the idea of like afterwards, Kevin, and I've said it before on the podcast, I think Kevin Nash is a dick, but I can listen to him talk for ages because I like his storytelling and I, I enjoy his stories of the business and his approach to the business. And you can't criticise the guy because he's made a lot of money and he's he's been very successful in what he's done and, and everything else. But he tried to present it as a bit of a work and you just thought it, it wasn't. You've just been an idiot and said like called him out on something that you should have dealt with in private and i don't know whether that's me being a little bit more reserved or everything else but i don't know it just came across as really childish and they did more damage to their sort of social standing in terms of the way i looked at them from that interaction and i think that's the thing is that people forget it's social media and the, the key word to that is it's social so if you're putting out a tweet you're putting out a text to thousands of followers and everyone can see and that gets reported on every single news site tmz pick up on it you know and it just becomes this big thing and instead of just sending one direct message or picking up the phone and going are you mental do you not remember you know don't don't call someone out for having dementia on twitter because you think they haven't remembered an incident but yeah, I thought X-Pac came across very well. Sorry, Sean Moulton came across very well because he did just... Please, the one, two, three kid. <laughs> the one, two, three kid. Lightning kid himself. Oh, um, wow. Uh, came, came out very well because he did kind of just draw a line under it and go, I'm sorry, you know, I love Roddy, but he's wrong. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. But again, not the place to say that. It, no. You know, no. That, that's not a conversation to have on Twitter, as far as I'm concerned. No, Dave, we absolutely promised the listeners that we would not whack lyrical about professional wrestling this week and here we are we are banging on about it again but <clears throat> what again, I'll, I'll, I'll draw a line under that but that, yeah that was just my opinion that was how i felt this week coming no, from i totally life. agree and with you on that. I'm, I'm a massive kevin nash fan in terms of like his stories and the way he tells them i'm a huge roddy piper fan going back in today i enjoy him I, I, I like his interviews and everything else but both of them let me down as a wrestling fan this week no no, no I, I dude i completely understand where you're coming from but, but kind of back to legends house just quickly yes um, sorry it's been, it's, it's been a it's been a of making light of addiction now i haven't seen it so i don't know exactly what the, the people that have written this mean <sighs> the only thing i'd say about that is the fact that they've got piper in there who is a re admitted self-recovering alcoholic um yeah. and they have the best stocked bar i've seen since i was at uni uh in uh, my own flat back Bye. in <laughs> 2000 yeah they uh yes they also make fun of the fact that mean gene likes to drink which is well documented. Okay. Um, there are a few I jokes. Think he's, I think he's earned it. 
Absolutely. My close personal well, you friend. You put that cigarette out. So, that, yeah, that's quite interesting the way they do that. Um, they kind of skirt around a couple of things. Because obviously there's, there's one or two guys that are in there that have had their problems in the past that have you know, got over them and, and everything else. But I think they've been very careful in choosing the guys they have. You know, there's no Jake Roberts in there. There's no Scott Hall. You know, you're not going to see anyone who's had some serious issues. It's not that kind of show at all. It's it's very much a kind of um, it's if if you took the old Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling cartoon and dropped it into a reality show, it's those it's that kind of feel. It's those kind of characters. It's that I'm I'm surprised we haven't seen Nikolai Volkov in there or you know someone like that. But um, overall, I I really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed. The Ronnie Piper stuff, I thought he came across very well and very honest. And if you're a wrestling fan uh, or not, there's a really nice moment in it that shows them they have to go around and meet the neighbours and have to take the... It's, it's really staged, obviously, but they have to take these cakes around to the neighbours to introduce themselves. And it's kind of like who's good and who's awkward and everything else. Um, Piper and Haxel go into the, the next door neighbour's house and they've got two young kids who don't really know who they are but they're like, interested to see what's going on and the interaction between Piper and those two young kids is one of the most heartfelt moments you'll ever see from a professional wrestler because the moment he walks in there he ignores everyone else Haxel goes off and talks to the mom and dad Piper's just kneeling on the ground and he's just playing with these two kids and just getting involved and that's for me one of the nicest moments and it's like it's that connection it's that interaction that kind of stands with you after you come out of it regardless of what happened afterwards on twitter that's the moment that came I, I from the first say, episode piper's always struck me as someone that he's a genuinely nice guy yeah um he's very thankful for the the lot he's had in his life he knows he's had a good one he knows he's had a lot of good opportunities i think he's a fantastic actor in certain films especially they live i think that's one of the best films hmm. and you know he's he is a ta- he's a very talented man in general and um, I, I'm a big Ronnie Pipe fan. I don't know whether I'm going to commit to watching any episodes of Legend House. Um, I don't know if it's my cup of tea. However, I'd be interested to hear more tidbits and uh, factoids <laughs> about <laughs> it over the next uh, few weeks. And, um, you know, Dave, keep us abreast on the situation and let us know when the winner happens. And, um, you know, let, let us know all about Legend's House on the WWE Network. <laughs> Right, Dave, that's the TV news down and dusted. Let's Ooh. plug ourselves in and uh, hit the milksters with a little bit of video game news. Yeah. Um, not much again this week, very few announcements, but one of the one uh, interesting things I noticed, um, as mentioned in the previous Milky podcast, I'm a huge fan of games like Left 4 Dead, which is four-player co-op where you need each other. Well, apparently, the, uh, the intelligent people down at Ubisoft have announced that Assassin's Creed Unity will have a four-player cooperative mode. Yeah, I, I saw this news. It surprised me because it's set in the French re- Revolution. Resolution? Set, set in the French Revolution. Um, I presumed it would have been a three-player and then could have been a menage a trois. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, the idea of um, <laughs> a four-player Assassin's Creed sounds very interesting. Um, have, they haven't, they've done multiplayer with Assassin's Creed before. But... They've done multiplayer, but co-op's something they haven't done. And I'm not really mm. sure what how they would go down this route. I mean, what you get one person to hold the arms while the other person like stabs the other fella up? or Yeah, you know, it kind of it... goes against the idea of the single assassin working to sneak and destroy. But Well, no, I mean, maybe think of it like this. Say, there's four... say there are four guards on the tower on each... Say it's a square building, there's four guards on either side at uh, hmm. each corner. 
you have to take them at the same time. Maybe if you chat to each other, you could probably find some nice stuff. Um, one person causes a distraction, and when the other person turns around, you jump them up. Who knows? Um, there is, a, you know, it could go anyway. But I mean, that that sounds interesting to me, and it's something I would actually be willing to try. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading this week about the Assassin's Creed series has sold over, I think it was like 70 million units worldwide across all of the games, which sounds insane, but is obviously, it, it's the biggest thing for Ubisoft to do. So, you know, it's no surprising that they will continue to churn out a game every year. And, and okay, we've we, we both said that the, the American one, was it Assassin's Creed 3 was a little Assassin's bit... Assassin's Creed 3 was a little bit limp compared yeah. to the other... I mean, but the, the last Creed, one, Black Flag, was I. I really enjoyed playing Black Dave, Flag. Oh my goodness me! I fucking loved um, Black Flag. From the shanties to the sea battles to just cruising around the Caribbean, from the diving bells to the actual mission themselves, top to bottom, one of the best game experience and easily the best in the series. I loved the crap, uh, Assassin's Creed Two. I thought Ezio was a, was a great character. All paled in comparison to the life of a pirate. Ah. <laughs> Arg indeed, sir. Uh, continuing with the game news, uh, I have to quickly mention that uh, we've, we've we've talked so many times about Batman today. Uh, oh, it, Batman! <laughs> let's mention him again, just very Why quickly. Uh, <laughs> the, the Cold Heart DLC is out this week. Uh, it's currently downloading. Expect a review next week on the Milking Podcast. Um, it seems, by all accounts, from what I've been reading, that they've addressed some issues and they've maybe tweaked it to make it a little bit tighter, like Arkham City. I will bring my opinions next week on the Milky Podcast. That's for the Cold Heart DLC, which is out now. Also worth mentioning um, that thanks to us discussing last week about uh, GTA and the online and all that kind of stuff, that I picked up my copy of GTA again and uh, and got on board and started playing it. And I'm, I'm hurtling towards finishing the story mode finally. Okay, uh, so you still haven't jumped online? Um, I've done a little bit online. Um, the the problem I had was that online starts with a car race, so I oh I, we mentioned this. Yeah, last week, I want to kind of I want to get a bit further. I want to complete the game so I can then dive in and enjoy the online experience. But I must admit, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. I I picked it up. I got back into it. I picked up the controls really quickly again because I remembered them from the various like Red Dead Redemption and and uh, Max Payne and all those that I played and obviously playing GTA to a certain extent before. I think the problem was for me that GTA came out and literally within a couple of weeks there was a Batman game out that I needed to play and then there was the wrestling game I needed to play and, and it, it kind of snowballed towards Christmas and I just got completely you know, wrapped up in other games. Going back into the world of GTA, I can genuinely appreciate that as being the high point of the last generation consoles absolutely just um, so good so such good fun and the missions and i must admit because i'm i'm the worst with i'm sorry to interrupt but i'm the worst with the flying missions i'm just dreadful at those but the fact that if you fail three times you can just skip ahead and keep moving through the story that's been perfect for me. That's my kind of game. <laughs> so I've, I've really enjoyed it. I'm hurtling towards the end of GTA, finally, probably approaching almost, what, sort of eight months after it came out, nine months. Um, See, Dave, the, the problem for me is I... I that, that this is... The, my problem as a gamer is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of gamer that will buy a game, finish it as quickly as possible so I can trade it in while the money's still 
while the value's still high. Yeah. So my experience of GTA was literally rinsing through the story mode in a, in a matter of days and then trading it in. And this was a month before the online was actually released. Right. So I've not only, um, as mentioned on the previous movie podcast, I've never experienced the online mode, but I have finished the story in its entirety. Um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it is definitely... Last year was such a great year for video games in general. Mm. Um, Certainly were, uh, a lot hotter than this year looks. It does look a bit of a dowie. I mean, the most exciting thing for me that so far this year is the announcement of DLC for Peggle 2. Um, oh, wow, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, but yes, um, GT, I mean, I am spurned on by, by, uh, by your example. I am intending... Uh, as soon as possible to to, to rebuy uh, Grand Theft Auto and just pick up where I left off on and, and start online. Um, I, I thought it was just a brilliant, brilliant game. And um, again, kudos to everyone at Rockstar for just making such a cracking game. Really looking forward to some story-based DLC, though. Did they say they were going to do any? Nothing so far, but there there are rumours that E3 will bring some announcements as far I as I mean, Ballad of Gates, Tony, and Lost of the Dand were so they good, were good compared yeah. to Grand Theft Auto 4 itself on its own. Yeah. Nico Bellic, great character, just not strong enough to carry a game for me. Um, whereas the Ballad of Gay Tony was just a highlight, just a brilliant, brilliant ad. Probably one of my favourite DLCs of all time. I think in, in terms of DLC, then, there's, there's no reason to think they won't do it. Um, there is, I, I genuinely, and I, I'm not going to put money on it, but I genuinely don't think you will see GTA 5 ported to the next generation because I don't see why they would do that. Um, it, oh. it, it pushed the last generation to its extreme. I think this generation will have a brand new Rockstar game created for it. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but there will please, be. Please, please, Red Dead, please, Red Dead. Oh, Red, fuck it, I... I would happily take another. I, I would happily take another uh, copy of the Warriors, as mentioned last week. <laughs> I don't think that's very likely to happen. But yes, uh, um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. But um, yeah, I, 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 you know, GTA for me, GTA Five, just playing it the past few days and just getting absorbed by it, falling into the world again was absolutely brilliant. And um, I'm looking forward to sort of clocking it and getting online and, and trying that out. Um, talking of online. We haven't really spoken about it, but um, Elder Scrolls has gone online. We it are has. we are both Skyrim fans. We've said this we before, are, but as Xboxes and PS4, uh, PlayStationers, we are oh. a few months shy of the of the release. So we we, um, we uh, is it June the twenty fifth? Yes, us? yes, towards the end of June. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which... let's, let's, let's have the discussion, Dave. Um, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this previously on the Milk and It podcast, but I used to play City of Heroes, and mm. I was a big, big fan of the free-to-play DC Online, which was available on PlayStation, which I know they've also ported over to PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, really, really good series. It's actually made by Sony Online, so a uh, fat chance of seeing it on anything else. However, Elder Scrolls will be multi-platform. Have they said whether they'll be, whether you'll be able to play with other people? Is it, I mean, are the servers solely... PlayStation slash Xbox slash PC servers, or is that um, from what I understand, yeah, at the moment they are. There's no crossover between the platforms, so you, yeah, you you will be stuck, not stuck, but you will be playing with uh, people who are on the same platform as you. Say. And I mean, I've I've read various reviews and previews of the of the Elder Scrolls Online, and it mm. says it's basically like Skyrim Lite because it's not made by the same teams that worked on Oblivion. It's not made by the same teams that worked on um, on Skyrim. So what what you've got is. Um, is 
the Elder Scrolls in spirit made by someone else and including a lot of the the, the characters that were in previous Skyrim's, uh, um, Elder Scrolls games, excuse me. I know that one of the bosses is, um, let's see if I can remember, this is Malrog Bol, who was um, who was a Daedric prince, um, and you could find one of his weapons in Skyrim. Well, now he's an actual character in uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's set up like a, a prequel, isn't it? So it's... Um... It's very much a, a kind of Elder Scrolls world, you know. You're back in Skyrim, but it's not the Skyrim. Tam- you know. Is it set in Tamriel? Tamriel, yes, yeah, indeed. Um, so you you could go back to those well-known locations, but they're slightly different. There's some very very good comparison uh, videos on YouTube of people going back to the same locations that they they loved in in Skyrim. Um, I'm a massive fan of Skyrim. I'm, I've said this before. I really enjoyed it. It got me back into the fantasy genre, Ed, and, and I really loved playing it. The only thing that stands in the way in terms of this game is that I'm not a big online player, as we've discussed before. And also, I don't like the idea of buying a game and then having to continue Continuously to Continuously pay. pay for it. Absolutely. Same here. I believe they've said it's going to be between 9 and £14 pounds a month. I know. And it's like, I, I don't mind. I, I, you know, I, I pay my fiver a month for Netflix and I pay my, well, now I pay my nine ninety nine a month for uh, WWE Network. But... Uh, not officially, David. Obviously, because I'm in the UK. Um, but maybe I do. Um, but the idea of paying for a game that I would probably pick up two, three times a week to play is, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, but I've never got into the whole sort of World of Warcraft thing and, you know, that that sort of thing where you have to pay a subscription to play a game. Um, so I don't know, it, it'd be interesting to see. It, it looks very interesting, it looks very good and I know they've adjusted the control system, they've adjusted the camera system to look more like Skyrim to bring people in. Especially once it hits the consoles, so it has that sort of third-person look or first-person I mean, depending on how you want it. That is what it's going to be automatically, uh, you know, lumped in with. It is mm. a continuation of the Elder Scrolls game, so it is going to be focusing on people that you know got a real hard on over over Skyrim. And yeah. um, and, I, and I don't blame them. Skyrim for me was a thirty-five-hour game, and I mean that if that's not fucking value for money, I don't know what is. Especially in this day and age where you can complete the game in two, three days. I mean that was. That was for me the, one of the best value, and I didn't play it. All, I, didn't, I wasn't one of these guys that played it constantly. It was it was like over a month and a half. And as I said earlier, I generally trade in things as soon as possible. I took my sweet time with Skyrim, and I'm glad I did mm. because they kept on bringing up um, patches that would improve things. So, for example, um, I, I was uh, I, I leveled up my archery a lot, and uh, in the old version, <laughs> you'd shoot somebody, and you, you, you know you wouldn't get anything. Yeah. In the new in the in the new patch, well, it's not new now, but they released a patch. Which gave you like a kill cam, yes. where it would slow down and follow the arrow, and oh, I mean that. It was, me was it kind of Fallout style of uh, yeah, uh, those... that that style, that style yeah, kills, absolutely yeah. fantastic, really good. In fact, talking of um, the, the 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 VAT style kills and Fallout Three, there was um, well, Fallout Four is what we really hope to hear about. Um, they awesome. did uh, they've renewed some more licenses and some more trademarks, which is hinting that they might be doing. Was it Nuka Cola? Oh. Or they're going to be releasing Nucola as a gay, as a um, as a drink, and I personally would love to have a can of Nucola. <laughs> yes, just have it on the side would be fantastic. But yeah, so um, just a, a, a brief one for games news that uh, yeah, Bethesda have um, 
renewed their license and trademark on Nuka Cola, which uh, sent the world a buzz in for a moment, thinking that they might be ready to announce something. But no, no, still nothing. I I still think by the end of the year, I would put money that we will have an announcement of it. Hey, by the end of this year, I want to at least know Fallout 4 is happening. I want to know mm. that Half-Life 3 is happening. And I yes. want Left 4 Dead 3 now. <laughs> Give me my game. Um, moving on mm-hmm. um, from from Bethesda and Skyrim and Fallout in general, um, a, a bit of a strange one and one that I, it's not going to make any impact on us at all. It's that uh, they've announced that the Xbox One will be released in Japan in September. Microsoft famously done terribly in the Japanese territories. Mm. I'm looking at my Xbox One now and I can already tell you that the Japanese will not be interested in a big bulky box like this. Um, I, I just. It's a bit of it's just a tidbit of news because it's happening. But um, in all honesty, the Sony-centric Japanese market will not go with the Xbox One. Yeah. I got pray to God I'm wrong, but let's let's see what happens with that. I think generally um, PS4 is running away with it, but it's because in the mainstream that PS4 launched in a lot more territories. So. It did. And also, I will say that PS4 has not done as well in Japan as they were hoping. In fact, it's, oh, not, really? done well. it's not done well in Japan at all. Okay, well, stay tuned, Milsters. We'll keep you updated on how that's... Uh, that's uh, but, to be fair, Nintendo have the monopoly in um, in Japan. Whenever you see a top ten list, it mainly consists of 3DS games, handheld mm-hmm. games, um, and then kind of at the bottom you get one Sony game and if you're lucky one Microsoft game so I mean well, let, let's see what happens but then obviously Nintendo have, have managed to publish last year uh, 2013 was the first year that they ever made a loss um, which is very unusual for them um, and people have put it down to various reasons for the Wii U or they've concentrated on the wrong characters or not developed enough games and everything else and, and now they've done what and we discussed this before on the Milking Podcast is, is I'm a big hater of dlc <laughs> yes, yeah even though we you know as dave said that he's got the of dlc course. to batman yeah. downloading as we speak yeah because um, there's no choice but to do that if you want to continue the game and want to experience everything about it because as a fan yes i want to experience it all but i would rather that be available on the disc that i could unlock and it's just oh really dlc but nintendo have this week done the unthinkable because they've always been sort of like no we're not going to do it we're not going to do it and they've done a season pass for a game they have mario golf is the first game to have a season pass on a nintendo console can you believe it i would have thought they would have waited for the release of mario kart 8 because that makes sense more characters yes more more racetracks mario golf to be honest and um i am a nintendo fan i've always been a nintendo fan and it's never been it's like I will have a main console, like I will have a PlayStation, I'll have an Xbox. I will always have a 3DS or a, 3, or a DS or a Game Boy, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute because mm. it's a landmark for the Game Boy this year. Um, but yeah, Nintendo have always kind of struck me as the family-friendly one, and I didn't think they, they'd go down that DLC route, but they aren't doing well. But Dave, I heard a statistic that, um, that blew my mind the other day. Apparently Nintendo have enough money put aside even if they made a loss continuously for the next 30 years, they would still be in business. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair dues. As a business model, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, but yeah, well, you know, so this DLC is happening um, and it happens to fall, as I said, on the 25th anniversary 
of the release of the original Game Boy, the handheld that set it all off. Wow. Can you imagine, Dave, 25 years ago, little Booley had that little brick-sized thing in his hand playing... I am talking about the Game Boy, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, The brick-sized thing in his hand playing Tetris, Kirby's Dreamland. I have a lot of good memories of uh, of the original Game Boy, especially um, uh, Link's Awakening. What a game. What what, what an amazing game back in the day. I mean, do you have any memories of, of Game Boy? I do. Um, <laughs> I was I was never allowed to get a Game Boy. What? Uh, I know. My my parents. I remember there being like a scaremongering story in the papers that said that um, the Game Boy was linked with uh, people's eyesight getting worse because uh, the sort of LCD screen was only displaying well, two colours. That means and... the joke is on your parents because you wear fucking glasses anyway. Well, yeah, precisely. I wore glasses <laughs> since I was eleven years old, so it's not, <laughs> it's not it's nothing to do with the Game Boy. Um, but yeah, I remember them saying, "Oh no, you can't have one because that's the thing." But I remember being really jealous because there was um, there was a series of of comics that came out. Excuse me. I think they were Marvel comics, which were um, like a Battle Mania series. I think they were called. Which were it was it was back to wrestling again, but it was. Hey, um, I've got to stop you. The company was Valiant Comics, and that oh, was okay. one of my favourite series of all time. Specifically, the lifestyles of the rich and infamous uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase issue. Ah, okay. Well, the, the issue I remember was the one that had um, the backstory was uh, the Natural Disasters versus the Legion of Doom. I remember that one. Do you um, remember the Boss Man Undertaker one where there was a young boy led around Paul Bearer's uh, crematorium? I, I don't. Oh, God, I'm going to have to. Classics. Classics. Oh, right, I'm getting on eBay tonight. That's, that's going to have to be had. Um, but, yeah, I remember reading that comic, and on the back of the whole comic was an advert for WWF superstars on the Game Boy. It was the Ultimate Warrior, rest in peace um holding a game boy in front of his face snarling and if i can find that image that image will go on uh facebook you may not believe this dave but i have that image i will forward that to you (laughs) brilliant but that was the game that i was the ultimate challenge and it was the first one when i managed to get an emulator not that i would ever do an emulator in roms obviously i don't really understand what they are an an emulator that that rod hall basically yeah i remember that advert and being so jealous because i wasn't allowed a game boy my brother was allowed a game gear because that was in color and they thought that that would be okay for his eyes and i remember getting my brother getting a game gear i mean being very jealous of that because he had like cool spot and various other games on it um but yeah uh, oh, so you realize dave that compared to the game where the game gear was shit i mean Oh um, God! Yeah, I know. I, I realise that now. Just, I just, just, I know it skipped our generation, but without with no Game Boy, there would be no Pokemon, mm. Mario franchise. No, I mean, so much brought to the table by the Game Boy, and I don't suppose you remember Captain N, the Games Master. Of course, I do. Yes, we remember the this character yeah, Game yeah, Boy yeah. that they introduced in like the, 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 mm. the last few episodes. Yes, absolutely. With the Kid Icarus, fantastic advert, and the, yeah. the Nintendo franchise. Oh, no. Kid Icarus, yeah, Simon Belmont. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great series uh, and we've, we've discussed this uh, probably about episode two or three i think we were oh, mother brain oh no sorry that's <laughs> oh it's, it's not an episode unless we get a krang impression <laughs> um, but no I, absolutely and uh, but for me the game boy it, it didn't 
pass me by as much as I wasn't allowed to get one. And obviously, I couldn't afford to get one. But then I remember the Game Boy Light and the Game Boy Advance and all those. Oh, the Game Boy oh. Advance, Dave. Oh, oh. The Game Boy Advance was so brilliant because it had all the SNES classic games and you could have them in your hand. And, of course, the release of, the, in my opinion, the greatest um, old school video game of all time, which was Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm. Just to be able to experience that in the handheld, just, just brilliant. Absolutely. And I, I think that's that's always been the thing is that like Nintendo at that point kind of captured your childhood, what you remembered and what you wanted to play. It had that retro feel to it, but it also, you know, oh, it's, it's ported over and, and they've done it now. I mean, they've done like the NES Remix series. There's the second one coming out this week. That, yeah. Fact. Yeah. So that you can, you know, you can play those NES games, but they've like boosted them up a little bit. So the graphics are a little bit shinier. And but to understand that's kind of like WarioWare, if you know what I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. And what they've, what they've said is, depending on the sales of this second one, is whether they now boost it up and do SNESware stuff for it, so SNES Remix stuff, which that would be absolutely... Because there were some cracking good games on the SNES, to be fair. It was a great console. It, it, yes, there really, really was. Uh, fantastic memories of the Game Boy. So happy 25th um, birthday to Ooh. the original Game Boy. In the 1980s, I remember reading that Princess Diana had cried whilst watching E.T. Well, I cried with E.T. as well, but that's because he approached me with his big glowing finger, just claiming that he could cure my ouch. He didn't, and now he's been thankfully investigated by Operation Utree. This is this week's Backstory Bollocks. What's E.T. short for? He's got little legs. <laughs> Stop laughing. Do you know why? Because it was this classic joke that persuaded E.T. to leave Earth. He's very sensitive about his body image, regularly writing into Vogue about their judicious use of the Photoshop airbrush and getting sulky every time his partner Gerald looks at a hot xenomorph on the telly. What? Did you think he just felt homesick and abandoned? Bollocks. He loved it here. He got pissed. He got to fly bikes. He ate M&Ms. He got to look all white and pale like a white dog shit. He got to snog Erica Elaniac from Baywatch. Okay, when she was 11 and threw the psychic condom of his pal Elliot... But it's still Erica Elaniac from Baywatch. He can tell everyone on his home planet that he snogged Erica Elaniac from Baywatch. It still counts. He loved it here on Earth. It's your fault he's gone. Sure, he did spend the duration of the movie trying to phone home after making a gadget out of bric-a-brac. But that's only because he promised his mummy he would give her a call when he arrived. And Gordon Bennett. These slow-ass 80s humans didn't have Skype yet. She'd have been worried sick. To be honest, it could have been any number of reasons that he left, not just that joke. Mac and me, for instance. Also, he had a quick go on the beta version of Atari's video game based on his adventures, and that gave E.T. enough notice to get the fuck out of Dodge before the shit went down with that. What has this curious otherworldly space potato been up to since? Well, sit by the campfire, cross your legs, tuck your hands into the sleeves, eat cold beans and wonder why people go camping when inside is so much better. And also, 
Listen to this, the story of the latter days of the child of the green planet. Which is E.T., by the way. Upon his return to his home planet of Brother Sogi, E.T. was amazed to find out just how much he'd been missed. The Brody Yasogi equivalent of the Sun had been running a circulation-increasing campaign to discover who had snatched him, at one stage accusing the Predator on the front page, on very little basis apart from his rather suspect name. Our pint-sized, toe-shaped friend used his fame to become a media mogul of sorts on his own world. He took many of the things that entertained Earthlings and adapted them for his species. The Brodo Asogi version of Only Fools and Horses is terrible, by the way. But weirdly, the E.T. version of Schindler's List is amazing, even if contextually it makes very little sense as the Asogians had never had a holocaust. He even introduced his planet to the sport of soccer, a game he'd enjoyed watching on Earth. It became incredibly popular, although to Earth eyes, it would be the worst game ever, as it was just awful to watch as the paddle-footed players lurched cumbersomely around the pitch like a crash full of fat toddlers trying to catch a kitten. Interest in this sport, however, spiralled downwards to the point of complete non-interest when Darth Maul's species, the Zabrak, thrashed them 87-0 in an interplanetary friendly match. E.T. came back to Earth in the late 90s to film a cameo for George Lucas in The Phantom Menace. And much like the Atari debacle, E.T. hightailed it out there and back to outer space as soon as he watched a preview of it at Lucas's Skywalker Ranch. That guy just can't handle the heat. In the past few years, E.T. launched a fashion line, which unfortunately failed miserably, as the people of the green planet are all nudists who like the feel of gravel against their cods when they're walking. But he'll bounce back. Do you know why? Because what is E.T. short for, really? Not little legs. No. E.T. is short for success. Yes. Even though the word success doesn't incorporate the letter T. Um, uh, yeah. Join us again for more Backstory Bollocks. So, that was the Milking It podcast, episode 22. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash milking it. Follow us on Twitter. It's at teat tugger. If you want to give us an email and drop us a line, it's the milking it podcast at gmail.com and go via Facebook to view our merchandise. Yes, we merchandise. have merchandise. Yes, it's uh, t-shirts. We have mugs. We have all sorts of shit on there. So <laughs> get on there and have a look. And, and I just want to point out that, you know, the mugs are fantastic. So if you've ever wanted to have Booty and Dave in your mouth and hot liquid to pour forth, this is your moment. This is your perfect moment, as uh, Martin McCutcheon once sang. Um, so thank you very much to uh, John Sands for the music, as always. Thank you very much to Dino for his wonderful artwork. Thank you to Jay, as always, for the bits and pieces that he drops in each and every week as we take a stroll to the week of geek. I've been David Davis. I've been Boulamont, and don't forget to join me and Dino Peppers for the Totally Insane Tape Show next week uh, as we do a little review on films, believe it or not, that are wrestling-related. I've been Boulamont, he's been David Davis, you've been awesome. Join us next week for more of the same at the Milking It podcast. You wanna milk it and you know You gotta milk it and you know
Interesting. Uh, very quickly on a side note, did you see the um, the little rant that Mick Foley had about about not signing his Legends contract? No, he's refused to sign it, and he's put up an explanation for. Uh, he doesn't have to. Enjoy it. And I don't understand why he has because I don't think it's very professional to discuss. No, what, that he's sort of become stuff. a. Co- like, I don't want to be horrible to the mixer, but he's got a stinkingly bad reputation at the moment. Mm. So he went into detail as to why he wasn't going to sign this legend contract. It's like, that's not my business. I'm not your accountant. Don't tell me the ins and outs of what you're earning and not earning and everything else. Basically, his explanation was that he had he doesn't feel that the boys have been paid enough from the past two video games. So the licensing in terms of his like figures and stuff, he doesn't mention. But in terms of them using his likeness inside the video games, and he quoted the fact that he'd been used in the Attitude one uh, 2K, uh, sorry, WWE 13 mm-hmm. as like three different characters plus Mick Foley. So he was like, I was in that four times, the payoff wasn't very good, and the explanation they gave us was that the company went out of business. Yeah, they did. And they went out of business owing millions of pounds to the WWE in unpaid things that they'll get literally, yeah, yeah, that, that's they'll fair. get cents on the pound for, you know, they're not going to get that money back. So that's how it works if someone goes out of business, Mick. Sorry, but fuck it. Then he went, oh, and the last the last game as well didn't seem to have a great deal of um, a great deal of payoff for us, even though we did some voice work and you know it's my likeness. It's like, well, you've got a, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you expect to make because you're not you're not John Cena anymore. You're not that yeah. person. You're just another character in the WrestleMania mode. You're not even like he's a memory, Dave. He's a happy memory. Yeah. He's not a current. He's not current superstar. He's a, he's a happy memory. It's like literally they they use him for those two matches: the main main event of sixteen and the uh, Edge match at twenty whatever yeah, it was yeah, twenty two, yeah. and um, that's it. That's that's his appearance. That's it done. You, you know, have you actually done? Sorry, WWE two K fourteen. I've actually mm. finished the WrestleMania mode now. Mm, yes. I was screaming with anguish by the last two matches. They yeah. become ridiculous. Yes, yeah, very much so. Fucking Rock and Cena was driving me fucking insane. I was like, I wasn't getting cross. No, it's like you know they, they, they've just linked video game like uh, real life violence through video games. It's got nothing to do with the violence on the screen. It's it's frustration. Yes, it's and a difficult thing. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly because as I I was like holding the controller in my hand and pretending, pretending to wring it out like a like a towel. I was going fuck. Absolutely, I, I have. I had to stop myself from throwing my Xbox One or my Xbox controllers at the wall. Because, and the only thing that flashes through my head is, they're really fucking expensive, don't do that. <laughs> it's like if, if controllers were like retailing at like a tenner, I would have got through so many. And <laughs> not just because I've... No, the game... Shit so, this, we could probably add this on the show because it is funny. Hmm. But do you know what game has made me more violent and angry than any game I've ever played in my life? No, go on. It was a game on the GameCube by Sega called Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Oh, I, I remember that. Do you remember that? They... Yeah, because yeah. he's isn't he um, a character in the Sega Superstars Racing? He is indeed, Dave. He turns into a, his vehicle turns into a giant egg and he walks across it really fast. Yes, that he does. Game... Why wouldn't it? <laughs> That game, oh, fuck me, man. I'm oh, <laughs> Even now, even now. I'm getting I feel really like... riled up, even before the podcast starts. 